The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility responsible gaming resources. What up world? Welcome and all to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership as always with SB Nation's blogging the boys.com. My name RJ Ochoa, you know me, of course, from ETB and from my day as your humble host on The Ocho. It is Thursday, the third day, November 16th, 2023. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and I am feeling better. Um, I promise, and I this has kind of been the line that I've used for the last few days now, I feel much better than my voice sounds. Um, you know, I'm very fortunate to do what I do for a living, uh, which involves a lot of talking and a lot of podcasting. If you listen to this, you obviously know that. Um, and um, and I've been able to, to kind of fulfill my, my normal duties this week, um, obviously ongoing. Um, and, and this is kind of the end of it. I have one more show left that I do um, kind of on a weekly basis um, after the Ocho. But um, for, for whatever reason, you know, my, my health, I've, I've been dealing with this, I really don't know what it's been, a cold, um, kind of a sore throat sort of thing. I've never really in my whole life had any illness impact my voice like this. Um, and so I know I sound hoarse, I know I sound uh, ridiculous, um, and I know that I was lacking emotion in the introduction, much like last week's episode, uh, but I promise you, this was like the fourth try, uh, the fourth take, if you want to call it that, uh, because if I really incite my voice, um, it, it leads to a, a bit of coughing. And so I obviously want to um, mitigate the amount of coughing that I'm doing under the microphone. This episode, uh, we don't have a guest. Um, and because of the voice situation, we're not going to go incredibly long. Um, you and I flying Han style on this uh, particular mission solo, baby. Um, and so um, just want to get that out of the way. I'm feeling better. But you know, every now and then there's a, a little bit of something that I got to kind of figure out a way to, to fight through. I'm drinking lots of hot water with honey uh, and with uh, lemons. Uh, and I every time I say honey, um, our new little puppy, she comes running because she hears her name. Very strange sort of thing uh, that's been happening around me. But uh, thank you to those of you who have sent well wishes my way. Uh, what I wanted to talk about today, um, part of the reason we don't have a guest and I don't mean to um, overlook the Carolina Panthers. We talked on the roundtable this week about how this game had some kind of trap game vibes um, that maybe was elevated a little bit on Wednesday when it was uh, announced that Panthers head coach Frank Reich would be taking back over the play calling duties. In case any of you you know aren't tracking this story, 
Um, this is Frank Reich's first season as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. They obviously traded up for the number one overall pick, which they spent on quarterback Bryce Young out of Alabama. Um, it has not gone well for them. They were 0-6 um, you know, at, at one point this year after the first six games, and Frank Reich seeded play calling. Obviously, you know, head coach, offensive play caller. Uh, that was entering the Panthers' bye um, in week seven. They won their first game out of the bye against the Texans, which, you know, gave Panthers fans a little bit of pride, what with C.J. Stroud's incredible rookie season so far. Um, but they've lost their two contests since, and their offense has obviously uh, floundered a bit. So Frank Reich, again, before even the 10th game of his first year with this particular team, is now uh, flopping back. Um, there were a lot of um, a lot of gifts I saw referencing the, um, the Michael Scott line in the dinner party episode, the snip, snap, snip, snap. Um, that's kind of what's going on with the Panthers. Um, so, I mean, you get the picture that this, this team is not really intimidating. Um, the Cowboys are double-digit point favorites, depending on, not even depending, anywhere you look, they're double-digit point favorites. Obviously, the particular line depends um, upon where you look. So this should be an easy win. Um, and, and I don't say that lightly, but we're going to, for the purposes of this conversation, assume that the Cowboys beat the Panthers on Sunday. Got it? Good. Okay, what I want to talk about is the coming weeks, particularly weeks 13 and 14, um, and how they are going to throw the current NSC playoff picture into total and complete chaos. Uh, I tweeted about this on Wednesday. You may have seen it. I wrote about it at blogontheboys.com. That article will come out on Thursday, I believe. Um, and so... We're going to talk about the current NFC playoff picture, and I'm going to use the word current several times. As it stands right now, the Philadelphia Eagles, Detroit Lions, San Francisco 49ers, and New Orleans Saints are leading their respective divisions, um, and they are seated in that order if the playoffs were to begin today. Obviously, they don't. The Seattle Seahawks currently hold the top wild card spot in the conference. Our Dallas Cowboys hold the second wild card spot, and the incredible, unbelievable story of the Minnesota Vikings uh, holds the final wild card spot in the NFC. So we're talking about these seven teams, and I understand that something can change. Uh, a different team can maybe supplant uh, the Saints in the NFC South. I think we all feel confident, right, that the Eagles, Lions, Niners, Seahawks, and Cowboys are going to be in, uh, just dependent upon, you know, who's going to win each division. We are I, I'm the most confident, I think, I think we're all kind of feeling is that the Lions are going to win the NFC North. But it's possible the Eagles or Cowboys win the East, and it's possible that the 49ers or Seahawks win the West. Um, although I would certainly think that San Francisco has uh, has a greater advantage there than Philadelphia does within the East, although that isn't necessarily true in a mathematical sense. And just to quickly get off on a tangent there, if you look at DraftKings, and, and DraftKings are our friends at SB Nation, um, the team or the division, I should say, with the heaviest odds towards a favorite is the NFC North. The Lions have the, the greatest odds to win their division um, than any team in the NFL. The second team, actually, that, that's not true. The Chiefs do, uh, but with regards to our conversation. The Chiefs have the highest odds or the best odds, whatever you want to call them, um, to win their respective division. The Lions are right behind them. The San Francisco 49ers are not even third. The Eagles have better odds to win the NFC East than the 49ers do to win the NFC West right now. When I saw that, I thought that was a little bit interesting. But if you are curious as to why that's the case, it's because the 49ers still have to play the Seahawks twice. Um, and so I don't know if you believe. I don't. Um, I certainly hope. But I don't believe the Seahawks can sweep the Niners. But since that is technically still a possibility, you know, it makes sense to kind of hedge your bet from an odds perspective, whereas the Cowboys have already lost a game to the Eagles. So just to kind of, you know, give you the the overall idea there but anyway what i'm getting at here with regards to these seven teams in week 11 
we're all hopeful that the Eagles are going to lose the final game of the week on Monday Night Football against Kansas City. That would drop them to 8-2. and two. We're planning on the Cowboys getting to 7-3 one day earlier on the road in Carolina. In Week 12, Thanksgiving week, obviously the Cowboys play the Commanders on Thanksgiving Day. Again, we assume a victory. That would put Dallas, God willing, at 8-3. and three. Um, There's only one game between two of these playoff teams right now, and that is the 49ers uh, visiting the Seattle Seahawks. That's in Week 12. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But where the, the chaos really breaks is in Week 13, two weeks from now. And I know that these are weird things to kind of hear out loud on a podcast. So I'm going to do my best to kind of describe them, which is why I also wrote the article and would direct you um, that direction, or at least to my tweet or thread about this. So you can kind of see this. Of these seven teams, Philly, Detroit, San Francisco, New Orleans, Seattle, Dallas, and Minnesota. In Week 13, Minnesota has a bye. So they're obviously not playing a game. But of the other six... There are only three games because they're playing one another. Think, like, think about that. Of, of the current NFC playoff picture, two weeks from now, games will literally be happening all between them, which means the three results, the you know three wins and therefore the, the subsequent three losses, are really going to kind of change and, and not lock, but effectively lock a lot of the playoff position in the NFC. So these are the games in week 13. Philadelphia hosts San Francisco. We're obviously rooting for the Niners for obvious reasons. Um, Detroit will be in New Orleans in the Superdome. While that is technically a game between two current NFC playoff teams, I mean, let's be real, the Lions are going to, you know, blow the doors off that place. Um, the San Francisco 49ers, as mentioned, are visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. The Saints obviously hosting the Lions. And the Seahawks are in Dallas, or Arlington, uh, at AT&T Stadium uh, for Thursday Night Football. And we're confident, right, that the Cowboys are going to get to 9-3 and with that win. But... Think about that. I mean, th these are massive games. Um, I suppose the Detroit-New Orleans game isn't massive. I mean, but it is technically between two playoff teams right now in the NFC. But that Seattle-Dallas game, that San Francisco-Philadelphia game, the there, the number of, of permutations that that can yield are really important because I've been talking about this a lot for the last few weeks because I want to make sure, I want to implore upon all of you what I believe at least, and that is that this Seattle game might be the biggest game left on the schedule for the Dallas Cowboys. I understand that the Philadelphia Eagles game is massive for obvious reasons, and there's the rivalry and everything like that, and it's a divisional game, so there's a lot of inherent value within that, but the, we have to acknowledge that the Cowboys have already lost a game to the Eagles, and what's more is if the Cowboys, or excuse me, if the Eagles win more games between now and then if for whatever reason Philadelphia were to keep winning if they were to say win all three games before they visit Dallas then the game that Philly's going to play in Dallas is not as epic as we want it to be because the reality would be there would be five games left and Philly would still have a two and a half game lead on the Cowboys and the likelihood of them dropping all those games for Dallas to you know overlap them in the NFC East race would be really 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 low and so I mean Again, I, I'm not trying to like be a Grinch about this, but that Cowboys Eagles game at AT&T Stadium in December, that really is only like the juicy stake that we want it to be if Philadelphia slips up between now and then. And if it isn't obvious, if Dallas slips up, then it hurts the cause all the more. And so that's why I come back to this Seahawks game. The Seahawks game that is again on Thursday Night Football on November 30th, the final day of the month. And the reason this is so important is because I'm not above admitting. I know some of you believe, like, I have no problems going to San Francisco. I want the challenge. David Hellman talked about it on the roundtable. Like, to be the best, you got to beat the best, whatever, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. And if you feel that way, you know, I'm not going to knock you for it. But 
I think you understand why there's a lot of Cowboys fans who don't want to go to San Francisco. If I laid out the priorities as, as I have them for the Cowboys in their playoff positioning, number one would be win the division as the one seed. Number two would be win the division in general. Number three would be be the top wildcard team. Number four would be avoid San Francisco at all costs. Now, you obviously hope that these things align, you know, just kind of through the nature of the tournament. But I, I would love to avoid San Francisco. And if you think that makes me a coward, so be it. But there's a lot of recent history to suggest that the Cowboys cannot hang with that team. And so that being said, if the Cowboys lose to the Seahawks on Thursday night football, it puts them significantly behind the eight ball with regards to Seattle and with regards to the wild card seating. Because in all likelihood, right, in all, in all likelihood, the Niners are going to win the NFC West. And that would mean that Seattle, obviously, is going to be a wild card team. Because I think Seattle's going to be a playoff team. But if the Cowboys lose to the Seahawks, it will be a similar kind of chase that they're in with the Eagles, but with, with those Greenbirds. Because, I mean, the Cowboys would have to overlap them to take the five seed. And beyond the avoiding San Francisco thing, the reason we want the five seed, and we talked about this on the roundtable as well, is we want the Cowboys to go to the winner of the NFC South. If it's New Orleans, so be it. If it's Atlanta, so be it. If Tampa winds up doing it again, so be it. That's what we want. But if the Seahawks beat the Cowboys, it makes getting that fifth wild or that fifth seed, that top wild card spot, all the more difficult, even if Seattle manages to win the NFC West, even if they sweep the Niners, because the Niners already have the tiebreaker over the Cowboys. With regards to the teams that they're going to be competing against for the wild card spot specifically, and, and I, I, I know this is a lot of information, but Detroit is not going to be a wild card team, right? Detroit is going to be a division winner. We understand that. They may not have the one seed, but they are going to win the NFC North. So they are not a relevant data point with regards to wild card contention. San Francisco could be a team with regards to wild card contention if Seattle manages to win that division. Obviously, the opposite is true as well. And San Francisco already has the head-to-head -head record against the Cowboys. They have the common games record, obviously, and having beaten the Arizona Cardinals, that really hurts Dallas's cause. And if they beat the Seahawks, that would hurt Dallas's cause even more, obviously, with regards to common records. And vice versa with the Seahawks. It, there, so much of this is dependent on the way the other games go, but that's why Week 13 is significant. Week 13 is going to – it's not quite a fork in the road, but Week 13 is really going to eliminate – Let's, let's pretend there are like 89 options in front of us. I'm making that number up. Week 13 is going to eliminate like 71 of them. And that's a really important thing. Week 13 is really going to crystallize the options that are in front of the Cowboys. And it's really going to help us understand whether or not that Cowboys-Eagles game is going to truly be for, you know, the NFC East, if Dallas is going to be able to catch Philadelphia. And obviously that will be aided by the fact that Philadelphia can lose between now and then. So that's just kind of my take on this. By the way, week 14, uh, I mentioned that as well. Week 14, Philly plays Dallas, which is obviously a match between two of these teams. San Francisco plays Seattle. Um, so, yeah, uh, you've got another one of these games happening here. You've got two more, excuse me, two more games between four of these seven teams, which is why week 13 and week 14 are really consider that from weeks 15 in week 15, there's one game between two of these teams. Week 16, there's one game week 17. There's one game week 18. There's one game. The mass majority of games between all of these teams is going to happen in weeks 13 and 14. It is going to really isolate 
you know, the, the finer, it's going to give us a true, everything is finite in the sense, but it's going to give us a true finite amount of options that the NFC playoff picture is going to look like. And so we're not quite there yet, but obviously buckle up and get ready. Now, the other part of this I wanted to address, I don't mean to be super negative or be doom and gloom because there's so many options in front of us, right? The Cowboys could still very well win the NFC East. And if they win on, in Carolina on Sunday and then Philadelphia loses in Kansas City on Monday night, that dream becomes all the more alive. These are probably the lowest odds that you'll get on if you're an optimist on the Cowboys to win the division because if Dallas wins on Sunday and Philadelphia loses on Monday, those odds are going to tighten. And obviously all the more so if Dallas wins next Thursday, Thanksgiving Day against Washington. But next Sunday, week 12 Sunday, this is an important data point, I think, or not even data point, but just an important point in general. The Buffalo Bills kind of play a sneaky role in all of this. Um, if you listen to the other shows that I do, you know that I've been out on Buffalo so far this year or all of this year. I haven't really believed um, to take that's aged pretty well, right, whatever. Uh, it's unfortunate for Ken Dorsey that he was the fall guy this week for the Bills. The Bills are in a very interesting spot, right? They are clinging to hope in the AFC playoff picture race, and they're obviously way, way, way behind the eight ball. And they're, they're not quite at a point where they're going to have to win out, but you know, I mean, you get the idea, right? They're five and five at this particular point. So consider Buffalo schedule. This matters for, with regards to the NFC East and our particular interest here. Buffalo this week, let's play the win-loss game. Buffalo is five and five. They get the Jets at home this weekend. I think we think they beat the Jets, right? Like they're going to bounce back, you know, the good vibes of moving on from Frank Reich, whatever. Okay. That means there's still hope, right? Like there's still enough hope that they can pull this thing off when they go to the, <coughs> man, I thought I could make it the whole show. <coughs> when they go to Philadelphia the next week, I have a hard time picking them against the Eagles right now. If I'm being honest with you all, so say they lose that game, that would drop them to six and six. Okay, so then they have their bye week. I think this is important. In week 13, the NFC Mageddon. In week 13, Buffalo's on their bye. They're six and six in our estimation. They they're really kind of taking a hard look in the mirror. They come out of that bye week and they go to Kansas City. All right. They go to Kansas City, and if I have a hard time picking the Bills against the, the Eagles, I have a supremely difficult time picking them against the Chiefs. That means they're 6-7, and seven, all right? At that point in time, the playoffs are a tough situation. They're a tough scene, right? Like, you have a, a – and obviously, you know, everything else that happens around them um, – Certainly, if Miami keeps winning, that makes the AFC East look more difficult. I mean, if Houston keeps winning, if Cincinnati keeps winning, right? Like, if all these other things happen to, to make life difficult for Buffalo, you understand. My point is, I'm not saying that Buffalo punts on the season at 6-7, and seven, but they would be 6-7 and seven at that point with the Cowboys coming to town. And I, I'm not saying they would be waving the white flag quite yet, but they would definitely be much closer to that, right? Like, I think that it's possible... And I'm, I recognize I'm really reaching, but these are important things. These are things that we talk about as fans right now. I think it's it's possible that Buffalo is way more into their current season when they go to Philadelphia next Sunday and that a lot of that energy has been zapped by the time they host the Cowboys. And so it's possible that this all works out. And obviously, if the Bills beat the Eagles, then that really kind of takes the sales out of what I'm saying. Um, so it's all ultimately moot. Um, but it's interesting. Nonetheless, football is a very interesting game and anything can happen. And we're just kind of preparing for a multitude of anything around here, which is, you know, kind of what I like to do. Um, apologies for coughing in your ear one time. I really thought I could make it. Um, I'm sorry that you probably had to raise the volume very high on your phone or your car or your speakers or your headphones, or your AirPods, whatever. Um, 
I appreciate you doing that. I appreciate you powering through. Um, there will not be an episode of the Ocho next week. It's an important programming note. I'll remind you on the post game show. Obviously, a week from today is Thanksgiving Day. We will have a, an episode of Riled Up that'll kind of start the day off. Uh, but no episode of the Ocho because you'll hear from me after the game on our post game show. Um, so it will be a very fast week. There's a lot going on. The Cowboys play two games in, in the next week, and so hopefully they're eight and three and have us feeling pretty good. So. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. I hope you eat some wonderful food. I hope you, um, I hope you also have some some hot tea or you know hot honey lemon water like I'm going to, and uh, I hope you watch something incredible on television. But for now, I bid you adieu. Later on today, you have a new episode of Riled Up. Tomorrow, new episodes of <coughs> Dang It Girls Talking Boys and the Star Seminar. Saturday, of course, an episode of the World's Team, and then I will see you after Cowboys Panthers on the post game on the blog and the boys. YouTube channel, Twitch channel, and Facebook page. I love you all. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, and always, and always, and always, and always, and always. Go Cowboys, and peace out.